Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. First Peter chapter 4 from verse 1 to 5. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live his life, the rest of his time in the flesh to the last of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our lives may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in, lascivi- in lasciviousness, last excess of wine, revelings, banqueting, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess, excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Amen. What a text. In that previous session, we ended in the verse 2, where it says that we no longer spend, he should no longer live the rest of his time in the, in the flesh, uh, uh, sorry, his time in the flesh, to the last of men, but to the will of God. But if you, if you are not supposed to do that, why? why? Because, you see, the verse 3 starts with, for the time past of our lives, may, <laughs> this is a very interesting, is that, you know, you've had enough. <laughs> you love, it, now that you are in Christ, you can't go back into a certain lifestyle because you've had it. My pastor, I, did, I never did some of the things that some wild people have done. They said, before I came to Christ, I used to do this. I used to be that bad. I me, it looks like sometimes, to be honest, sometimes the way some of those testimonies are presented, it seems to reward extremities of life before Christ than keeping pure throughout until you come to Christ. So we, we have to be quite careful. We can give God glory how about how God can change lives. But listen, if you just like me and some others never went that far and have always been in church, kind of, because of your mother or your father or your personality or your exposure, and you never went far, don't think, one, that you are better than the one who has gone far. Secondly, don't think that because you you didn't go that far, you have lost out. You haven't lost out on something. There is a difference between ignorance and innocence. Now, you who have been in church much of your life and didn't go wild in the world, there are people who are church their parents are serious church people, but they, but they went way into the world, did all kinds of things, and they've got tattoos to show how far, <laughs> how far they have gone. Don't envy that lifestyle. There is no glory in it. It's beautiful that people come back and they are on fire for Jesus. It's beautiful. But listen, there's never anything that can be compared to living a life that has not been exposed to certain types of uh, activities that denies you of innocence. They might have gone, I might have gone deep and come back. What I have lost, I've lost some innocence, which you have. And innocence is bliss. Ignorance is dangerous. Ignorance is hurtful. Innocence is bliss. Okay. So let's not confuse the fact that we are innocent, uh, we, we are ignorant, in, or we have not tasted what they have tasted, and we are innocent. Let's not confuse it to be to mean a loss. No, it's not a loss. Innocence is never a loss. Ignorance is actually a loss. 
people were ignorant, so they exposed themselves to some things, and now the rest of their lives, there is a test you have developed. For instance, let me just use my testimony in a certain minimal sense. I, I've never tasted alcohol. The first time I attempted, I started drinking alcohol was the day I gave it up. How? I was around nine or eight years old, and Christmas, 20, Christmas Eve, my friend and I, we went to the, in Ghana, we went to the shop, and we bought hard liquor. It's called Akpeteche. Akpeteche in Ghana is like gin, hard, the hardest. I think 90% or over 90% alcohol, very strong. We bought some, a small bottle, and I was just about to drink it, and I didn't stand in a kiosk. It's small, it's not a pub kiosk. So I, I went out, I was standing there, and then lo and behold, my dad was coming from work. He, 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 he was not driving, so he was coming from work, and he saw me, caught me red-handed with this thing. My, and when I saw him, I said, and I, I, I didn't know what to do, I left it. And I said, come, let's go home. He took me home and beat the devil out of me. That was the last time alcohol ever came close to my lips. Around the year, uh, I, I was about eight years old or nine years. That was the last time, never once. And so then I got born again in my teenage years. So I, I escaped the wildness and the riotous living that were some people in their teenage years and in their later teens were exposed to. I, I escaped it. So I never, I never, I've never been drunk. I don't know how it feels to be drunk. And so when I go for, uh, let's say I attend a party, it doesn't matter what alcohol you serve. You know, it can be tempted. I, you can't tempt me with alcohol because of my innocence about alcohol. I've never desired it. You can't tempt me with, with it. That's what I'm saying. But that brother who used to quaff alcohol like a sponge <laughs> and now he's born again. You know what? Like A.A. Allen. A.A. Allen, great man of God. God used him mightily. But he went, he died alcoholic. He went back to alcohol, drinking. It became the biggest problem of his life. If he had not been exposed to alcohol, that would be, so that if he had had innocence, as his way, it doesn't make me better than him, but as me and many others like you, if he had had that innocence, it should have been blessed. If you have had the innocence of not knowing, not being, having intimacy with certain all kinds of people, I'm telling you, it's bliss. It's bliss. You and your wife and you and your husband can grow together in a fruitful and a glorious journey together. But if you are so wild, your wife might not be able to satisfy you and you will miss the garlics of Egypt. <laughs> you will end up, or your husband might not be able to satisfy you. And always, Leroy will be on your mind. <laughs> or Ray. Ray will be on your mind. So, you know, so please, let us not think that we've lost something because we didn't go wild in the world. You haven't lost anything. And let, on the other hand, let us not think we are better off than others who are in Christ. Who are, we are better off in Christ than others who have, have gone wild in the world before coming to Christ. In Christ, there is neither Jew or Greek, male or female. Except for we are all one. Galatians chapter 3. For we are all one. Okay. We all of us are the same in Christ. So, however, in the flesh, we are not the same. In the flesh, that brother, that sister, the things that can tempt him is not what can tempt some other person. Because in the flesh, you have been overexposed. And that has, you have lost some innocence and Satan will use it against you. Then number two, in the flesh, when you have, when you have, you see, people don't realize that 
Righteous work for a period of time buys you a certain type of equity in your usefulness to God or in certain ways God can reward you. Righteousness. When you walk with God in a certain way for a long time. So someone like Timothy, he said, from your youth, you have known the scriptures which is able to make you wise. From your childhood, I'm sorry. From your childhood, you have known the scriptures. First Timothy chapter 3.15 or something like that, 2.15. From your childhood, you have known the scriptures which is able to make you wise unto salvation. You know, it says that your mother, First Timothy chapter 1, your mom, I remember the faith that first was in your grandmother and then in your mother Lois. And now it now is in you. It's a generational faith. And you grew up being brought up. Look at the impact of Timothy. The first bishop of the church of Ephesus. The first true son of, uh, of Apostle Paul. He worked so much with Apostle Paul. A whole, two books have been dedicated to his name. Timothy. But Timothy, when you look at his background, he, he, that's why when he joined the church, he wasn't a problem to the church. He became born again. He wasn't a problem to the church. All the believers spoke well of him. I'm not saying that's the only reason why, but he could contribute because he came from a well-mannered well Christian background. So he had been around the thing for so long that he couldn't go off. So when he became born again, he continued in it. Acts chapter 6, 16, verse 2 and 3. The, the brethren spoke well of Timothy, the brother Timothy. So, so what I'm trying to say is that if you live, brother, don't backslide because you don't have much grounds. Look, you came to Christ in your later 20s. So. You came to Christ in your mid 20s You came to Christ, you were over 30 before you actually came to Christ. You have, some of us were in it from the age of 17. Others were in it from the age of 12. They have major grounds. I'm telling you, oh no, I can be anointed. But when it comes to equity, when it comes to spiritual equity, I'm not talking about just anointing to do for God. Equity in God by virtue of longevity, a longevity, and you have paid a certain price to live an honorable life to his glory. God rewards that. I'm telling you, God rewards that. God rewards that. And so you don't have time to be soft on yourself because you came in late. And even if you came in early, there's still vastness. Spend the rest of your time. Spend, invest the rest of your time. Whether you came in early or you came in late, invest the rest of your time in doing the will of God. And he says that um, for the time, so in the, 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 the time pass of our lives, maybe it's enough. That's what he's trying to say. It's enough. It's enough. This lifestyle, this last full lifestyle, before you came to Christ, you've had enough. Sister, you have enough. Give yourself a break. <laughs> Stop it. You've had enough. It's enough. This quarreling, 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 for much of your adult life has been baptized in quarrels. You are quarreling with this one. You are not getting on with this one. You are not in this. And you are in church. And the thing, aluta continua. You are now in Christ and still the residue of your old ways of doing things are still being accommodated under the guise of God understands, under the guise of it's just grace, under the guise of, you know, you don't judge anybody, under the guise, please, you are losing grounds. You are losing ground because God is a rewarder. You will be judged one day for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and everyone will give an account of what he has done in the body or in the flesh, whether good or bad. We must appear. So 
We've had enough. You had it. Sir, sir, the pornography is enough now, okay? It's enough. The fornication is enough. <laughs> yeah. Sister, the gossiping is enough. Bro, the bitterness and today this one and then the memory and it's enough. You are running out of time. It's enough. You've done, you've had your fair share. Fair share of raving, raving. You've had your fair share of riotous living, partying. You had your fair share of fornicating. Yes. You've had your fair share. <laughs> you had it. Ah, haven't you had enough, Jeremiah? Let me show you something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jeremiah, sorry, Ezekiel uh, chapter, Ezekiel 44, 6. Uh, let me just show you something. Ezekiel chapter 44, um, verse 6. It says that, um, Ezekiel 44, it says that, And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations. It's enough. Be, be, be content, <laughs> if I can put it that way. It's like you've had enough. That's what he's trying to say. You've had enough of all these abomin abominable activities, abominable, abominable behaviors, unacceptable, un God, God uh, uh, dishonoring behaviors, behavior that has not, uh, 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 hasn't, haven't brought glory to God. Uh, it's enough. Pastor, you've been quarreling with different pastors. You don't talk to this one. Today you have a problem with this one. You have a problem with this. It's enough, sir. You, you are closer to your grave. So you fought enough. Oh, as for me, my life is full of battles. If it is it's fighting spiritual warfare, that's good. But if it's just inter, inter uh, personal relationships, every relationship, every new friend, you, every friend you have, you fall out with them by quarreling. You fall out, falling out of all your friends. Look at your age. You are still going there. No, it's enough. Brother, you've been fighting with your sister, your cousins, your family. Mom, it's enough. Get busy. Get busy. Let's, let's get busy. Pastor, it's enough. This church member has done this. This one has left your church and you, every day you are cursing this one. He will not do well. Hey, this one, the one they have done to me. It's enough. It's enough. You don't have time. That's the point. Time is running out. We are running out of time. In Ezekiel chapter 4, I want to read from the NIV version. Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 6 said, Say to the rebellious Israel, Israel, enough of your detestable practices. Detestable practices. You brought for, uh, foreigners uncircumcised in heart and flesh into the sanctuary, desecrating my temple. So, all right, that's verse 7 I'm reading. Yeah. He said, verse 6, he said, say to the rebellious Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, enough of your detestable practices, people of Israel, enough. Detestable, detestable, uh, 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 deplorable, distasteful to God. In the New King James, it says that, now say to rebellio, uh, the rebellious, to the house of Israel, that says the Lord God, oh Israel, let us have no more of your abomination. It's okay. 
In the day of ignorance, God winked. Don't forget, I made a statement pretty earlier on that ignorance is costly. Innocence is bliss. Ignorance is costly. In the day of your ignorance, God said, all right, all right. But now you know these things. Before you came to Christ, you could do all kinds of things. You could wear all kinds of things. You could post all kinds of pictures on social media. You could go to all kinds of places. You could go to places, Ayanapa, Abiva, um, uh, what? Uh, all the, uh, all, all, all the, Afro Nation. That's the one I wanted to say. Afro Nation. What is wrong with nightclub? You haven't you had enough? Have you you had enough? Do you go there to preach? Yeah, but go there to have fun. What sort of fun? I'll show you last. You create room for the last. Look at where you're, there's all there is to you. You're able to say, because you've been in church for a long time, you're able to say all the things the church say, but spiritually you are bankrupt. You are bankrupt. You just have a mental knowledge of God. But inside, Satan is using your exposure to enhance and to heat up the last of the flesh, heat up the last of the flesh. So it makes us very prideful. It makes us very arrogant. It makes us very mundane. Look at the amount of unbelievers that have been around you. And all you can say is, let's go to church. Oh, this church. we have nice music. We have... No, that is not the, that shouldn't be the point for attraction. Our lifestyle, your life should draw people to God. It says that, that when they behold your chest, your honorable, your callous behavior, they will give God praise. First Peter chapter 2, verse 12. And so, enough. Enough. Husband and wife, say, you, you've always, every time there's a problem with your wife, every time she's done this, every time she's done this, you became a Christian and there hasn't been any significant change in your relationship and your attitude towards your wife. You became a Christian woman and it hasn't be, there hasn't been any significant, noticeable, glorious difference in your attitude towards your husband, just like your people. <laughs> you must be different from your people. They don't know Christ. That's what exactly what mom did. <laughs> and drop that away. And you are born again. Mom was not born again. You are born again. Enough of that mundane, natural, natural inclination that does not glorify God. Enough. He said, for we have spent enough of our past life. Okay, does that mean God was God is endorsing it? No, but he's trying to he's trying to appeal to our conscience that we are running out of time and whatever the case, but Pastor, I've never done it much. It doesn't matter. So long as your destiny and what God wants to do with your life, you've done enough. Enough. I mean, it shouldn't have even happened. That thing that happened, those things that happened, it, they shouldn't have happened. I've not done anything wrong. I've not done anything. Enough of this prayerlessness. Enough of this this attitude towards God's work and you are not doing anything for God. Enough. Enough of being useless in church. Enough. <laughs> Enough of being fruitless. Fruitless in Christ. Fruitless in Christ. And we can, oh, I'm, I'm full of love. I'm nice to my neighbors. I'm not. How many of them have you brought to Jesus? How many of them are you discipling? Oh, I don't have to bring them to Jesus. My, my, that's a lazy, a lazy of a fruitless language, fruitless confession of a believer that I don't have to, I don't have to talk to anybody. Just my life is enough. My life, the way I live is enough. How would they know that Christ is the foundation of our life? Because they see me going to church. They see other people going to church. So 
we have to live a life that glorifies God, but we also be, have to be active, active in trying to draw people to Christ. In every means, he said, preach the gospel, and since necessary, use words. Let's reach out to people as well. And not just that, let's be active in the work of God. Be active worker for God. I'm talking about an active worker where you know at this juncture is God's work I am doing. But if you are living your life, driving your car and stopping and letting people come in and cleaning your gutter and tidying up your house and your neighbor's house, you can't say you are doing God's work. Come on. The, the Buddhists also can do that. The Muslim can do that. The atheists can do that. The, 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 uh, the religious person can also do it. The bad guy can also do it. These things are normal human behavior. It's, it's civic virtue. It's okay. It's good to do that. Be a nice neighbor. It's good. What it is, is don't, you, you, the Christian, should take the lead in being a nice neighbor. But others can also, others might even be nicer than you. Others might be nicer than you. And in their approach and their abilities to do some stuff, but you might not have that ability. So uh, it's, it's, you, you might be outdone. But that's different from where you know you are at this moment of your life. This two hours, these three hours, these four hours, you are actually doing God's work. You are actually actively engaged in building the church, engaged in building one way or the other. Maybe not even in the service, but one way you actually dedicated this time doing. That's what I'm talking about, sir. That's what I'm. I'm not talking about going to church and sitting in the sitting and listening to music and listening to preaching. That's not what I'm talking about. That is good, but that's not the ultimate. We are fed to be able to feed others and be a blessing to others. Praise God. So we've had enough of our time. Seeing that you have, uh, um, sorry. First Peter chapter 4, verse 3. For the time past in our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. The word Gentiles there uh, is ethnos, which is a group of people. A group of people with the same way of doing things or same mindset or same, um, um, yeah, a multitude, a multitude associated, associated or living together, a company of individuals of the same nature, of the same approach to life. And it also, sometimes when you read other versions, it said they're ungodly. I think the New Living Translation uses the word, you've spent enough time doing the works of the ungodly. No Gentiles as compared to Jews, but this is the Gentiles as in pagans, as in the ungodly, as in those who don't subscribe to Christ and don't. We have spent our lifetime doing enough of what they all did because we were once, according to Titus chapter 3, verse 3, we once also lived like that, okay? We once also lived like that. I think First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, or so verse 11, from 9 towards 11, talks about how we also once used to live a certain way, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse uh, 9, uh, 11. Uh, yeah, verse 11 says that, And such were some of you. What were some of you? Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, uh, adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor re 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 revilers, nor extortioners 
shall inherit the kingdom of God. See, the category of people who practice this, said, don't be deceived. They won't inherit the kingdom of God. Watch the verse 11. Is, uh, that's where we're coming. He said, and such were some of you, but are washed. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the spirit of our Lord. So somewhere, somewhere, such were some of us. We all lived in a certain way. Nobody can be born, born again. We were never, even if you come from a very strong Christian family, you were still not born again and you were living by your own self and lustful intent. You will have our own last you will feel freely without any commitment to Christ. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. For we ourselves were also sometimes foolish, disobedient. Uh, okay, let me read it so that it can make sense from verse 2. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawless, to be no brawless, be gentle, showing all meekness. Watch this, unto all men. This, this is what we should be doing. Showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures. We were like that. Serving diverse lives, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after the kindness and the goodness of our Lord and Savior to us, man appeared, not by works of righteousness we have that are, according to his mercy has saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should, we should be made as according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will, I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have, uh, have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. They which have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. They which have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. They which have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These are good works. Uh, uh, these things are good and profitable unto men, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Eh? A man that is an heretic after the first, second admonition, reject. You have warned him, don't be saying this thing. You've warned him, second time, say, reject from your fellowship, reject. There are some people who have gone off from the, the proper teachings of Christ, said reject. You've warned after the first warning, second warning, reject. But the point here is that we used to be a certain way. Now that we are in Christ, there should be a used to, I used to, I used to, I used to. If you are born again, where is your I used to? Where is your I used to? May God give you the grace to be able to live the I used to life to his glory. Hallelujah. And so back to First Peter, he says that the Gentiles, these are the things that Gentiles were, and where Gentiles, when we walked in love, so this is the way we used to live our lives. And then he starts uh, enumerating them, very interesting. He said, we, 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 we walked in lasciviousness, okay, where we walked in lasciviousness, that's King James. The New King James says that lewdness, lewdness is a very strong word. What does lewd, lewdness mean? When the Bible says that somebody, oh, sorry, even dictionary, to be lewd, to be lewd means to be obscene. What does it mean to be obscene? That is very important. To be offensive to the senses or sensibility. The way you have dressed, sister, is lewd. What does it mean to be lewd? It's offensive to sensibility. You can't dress like that. You can't present yourself like that. You can't put such pictures of yourself out there. 
It's lewd. You can't behave like this in public and show it out. It's lewd and it's offensive to common sense. Okay, lewd means that it is obscene. And obscene means that it's offensive and uh, offensive to senses and sensibility. It's disgusting. It's repellent. It is indecent. Indecent. It's filthy and loathsome. So when something is obscene, it's filthy. When something is obscene, it's loathsome. No, 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 no. It's true. Some things that people do. I mean, it says that we used to be like that. That's what King James said. He says that uh, when we walked in lasciviousness, now we walk in lewdness. Lewdness means obscene, things that are obscene, sensual, lustful, and unchaste. When they say something is chaste, like a chaste, clean, when a woman presents herself in a chaste manner, means that uh, it's like when you are going to meet the queen, the way, you see the way our queen dresses, the, the way the royals usually in public, the way they the way they present themselves. Professional when you go professional environment, the way people present themselves in a very important ceremony, the way people present themselves, even in major weddings, the the the, the chest people, the way they present themselves. Some people when they go to wedding, hey, it's just like it's like almost they just walked out of the brothel. <laughs> That's why you can't be saying those things. There is a chaste way of presenting yourself. And when you are a believer, you are enjoined to present yourself in a chaste way. It's very important. Now, we, it's becoming a norm in our generation, and so it doesn't look lewd. It doesn't look disgusting anymore because they are trying to blur the lines and change the goalposts so that when you present yourself in a very sensual way, in a very lustful way, in a very lewd way, in an obscene way, it looks like, but there's nothing wrong with this. That is how everybody does it. This is good. It's because they are changing their goalposts. But you know, there are times you look at yourself in the mirror, girl, what are you drawing attention to? So he says that lasciviousness, lasciviousness means obscene. It means sensual. People see you and they are sexually aroused. Brothers too can be like that. G guys can, and I'm not talking about people in the world because that's the, 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 we all used to be like that. But you are in church, girl. You are in church, you are a church girl. You are a church girl. You are a church man, church boy. Be, 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 be conscious, be intentional, and be chaste in the way you present yourself. Don't be unchaste. Don't be lewd. Don't be loose. Don't be a loose woman. Don't be a loose woman in your presentation. Whether you are, you are in church or you are going to work or you are in town, whether you are in the gym, sister girl, Christian girl, whether you are in the gym, about the man, please think about yourself. Brother, whether, wherever you are, there is a way that an honorable man carries himself. There is a way that an honorable woman carries himself. Don't mind the direction of the world. Let's blur it, doesn't matter. You can wear anything and it's, that, it's their problem. You are Christian, you are more interested in the problem you are causing for others. Some, some can dress in such a provocative, obscene way. I'm talking talking to Christians, please. I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking, I'm talking to Christians. Some people are in the church, but they are not Christians. So please, 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 please. I'm talking to Christians. It says that we used, we used to present, present ourselves and walk in lasciviousness or walk in lewdness, walked in obscenity, walked in lustful behavior, lustful presentation, 
used to present ourselves and say things that were indecent. We used to watch indecent things, behave in indecent manners. Years ago, I saw some clip on television documentary about parties. When people go on holiday, some parties, particularly in places like Afronesia, Morocco, some of those. It doesn't mean everybody who goes to Morocco is doing something wrong. And I'm not saying going to Morocco or going to... Um, uh, 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 um, Ayanapa, Bifa, and all those places. I'm not saying that. But it, there are some destinations that are known for wild partying. That's what the Bible is addressing, wild partying. And there's a guy in the Bible who also left and went to Thessalonica. It's called Demas. Demas have left me, forsaken me, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Demas has forsaken me and has gone to Thessalonica because he loves the present well. He's gone to Thessalonica. That, Thessalonica. that was the Las Vegas of their time. That was where you see the uh, Carnival, carnivalism, carnival and wild partying, wearing all kinds of things and dancing and wiggling body in wild parties. There are parties, some people, pajamas parties or lingerie parties, undergarment parties, nude parties. Now, these are these things. Listen, they didn't start today. It, this is 2,000 years ago. God was addressing through his apostle. And you think that 2,000 years on, we would have been more civilized. We would have been more... A human being, human nature hasn't changed. 2,000 years on and it's even deeper and wilder. And they were doing that. Yes. It says that of sin lasts. So not walk ye not. Let me read from the New King James. New King James. Um, uh, First Peter chapter 4, verse 3. For we have spent enough of our time, uh, our past lifetime, in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, in lusts. Lust there means the, the strong desires, cravings. That's how, whatever you desire, you go for it. This is why I want you to go for it. But when you come into church, when you come into, sorry, Christ, which puts you in church, you can't be in Christ without being in church, but you can be in church without being in Christ. You cannot be in Christ without being in church, brother, but you can be in church and be church all, all your life and yet not in Christ. So, uh, uh, so we, we, but when you are in Christ, you cannot do some of these things. You cannot continue in things like that. You, you cannot because you are in Christ. So that's why he said we used to walk like that in, in last. So he says we used to walk uh, um, when we walked in lewdness, in lust, in drunkenness. That's very clear. In revelries, that is wild partying, drinking parties, drinking parties and abominable idolatries. We we, we, we did all kinds of things when it comes to idolatry, when it comes to obscene behavior, when it comes to even going as far as engaging some things that might have occultic undertones. We didn't mind. We would try that before. We've tried this before. We tried all those things. And you see, those times, the, the, so, the so, society was such that, let's say you after church, oh, sorry, after work, uh, you're going out, uh, workers, uh, friends, or colleagues are going out for a meal or something. Everything is in one place. So it's worship of idols and at the same time eating and at the same time partying and at the same time sexual orgies and all kinds. It's the same place. And so when people became Christians, they he said, yeah, we are going to it. But you know, you're talking about let's go for the party. Let's go to Afro nations. Okay. But you know what comes with Afro nations. Yeah. You know what comes, drunkenness, orgies, lewdness, 
is the order of the day. Did they play Christian music there? <laughs> Did they do altar call? <laughs> Would they do altar call there? Would they play Christian music there? It is the world at rife, partying and all kinds of pre presentation of sin. For the Christian, please, I am not preaching against what people do. It's their lives and it's not me. For, I'm not here. I'm not a politician to be telling people what, how they can live or how they can't live. But I am here to present what God's, God, what God's word is saying to the Christian. To the Christian who is at war. Who is living in this world but is at war. And must have a certain mindset. Ready to forgo some things so as to live for Jesus. And so as to be able to come out of the lifestyle that does not glorify God. Hallelujah! So, so when we talk about sensual, when they say something is sensual, it, it tends to arouse sexual appetite. There are some guys, some people, when you see them, they just provoke an arousal in you. And then they say, but it's your problem. Don't be, a, a church person shouldn't be like that. The way you have presented your, yourself on social media, is it not meant to stir sexual arousal or stir sexual desire, sexual appetite? This picture too, this pose, Huh? That pose, what is, what's the objective in that pose? To show what? What's a Christian, I'm talking about a, a, a preacher woman. What's, what's, what's the point? So let us not erode our conscience with the flow of the world. We, we have to be different. Yeah, people say, oh, see, this kind of these preachers, all these preachers, <laughs> no problem, no problem. Don't be afraid when they call you names. It doesn't mean you are that. Just be true to God's word. Let's be true to God's word. Other than that, we will never be able to change and impact our world. In spite of our nicey, nicey, nice, 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 nice,ness to the world, we can't change them if we are not strong in the word and not strong in our presentation to God, uh, doing the will of God. We have to be strong. We have to be strong. The world might not find it nice, but our objective is not to live for the world. Our objective is to live for him. And then he, as we live for him, he will use our lives. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, because we are so intimate and close to him, it's so easy for God to use us. We can't do it in ourselves. It's God who does the work in us. He does it in us. So then we, are, we have to fortify our relationships with him. Last means strong sexual desire. It also means passionate desire. It also means a, a, a eagerness to possess. You, you want this. So eager to, ah, if I get this thing, if I am able to buy this, if I get this car. So that's, last, that's also last, okay? So last is not only sexual, but actually it's strong sexual desire. It's also um, eagerness to possess. It's passionate desire. <sighs> I want this. I want this last, that's last, that's last, that's last. And it's, uh, it is also longing, it's craving, it's an appetite. So you might have appetite for praises, appetite for, for, uh, for praises or feeling, looking better than somebody. All those things are classified as last. So revel, to revel, it's a reverence, okay? The, King James, the New King James mentions reveling. It says that, but before I even do that, the, 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 NIV uses, instead of lewdness or lascivious, it says debauchery. What is debauchery? Debauchery is excessive 
uh, intemperance. You are not being able to hold yourself, control yourself, and it's excessive lack of control. It's wild, wow. In fact, sometimes, you know, we can go into an environment and you end up doing some, some stuff that, this one is too much, sister. Girl, boy, you, can't, you couldn't have done that. How could you have, ex you were too far. You were too far. And what beats my mind is how a Christian can engage in certain things that are not honorable and do Snapchat and be putting it up there, standing on the street, half naked in the night, and then wiggling your body, wiggling your breast, and wiggling your body, and, and I mean, and then putting it up. Or I hear the laughing gas. <laughs> and you put, <laughs> and you believe you go for a miracle. <laughs> Repent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, what is this? Uh, this, is, this is what you get when you do systematic exposition of the word. And see how strong Peter is and Paul was on Christian behavior so long as the world is concerned and how we should live our lives to the glory of God. Debauchery, excessive intemperance, habitual lewdness. Okay, so habitual intemperance is lack of duty, restraint. You can't restrain yourself. You are wild and going off whatever. It usually happens in a certain environment. It happens sometimes too privately at home. Excessive intemperance, excessive lack of control in your eating, in your behavior, in your dealing with your spouse, in your dealing with your children, in your dealing with your parents, in your just extreme rudeness at home. You don't respect anybody and you every little thing you flip. Oh, come on. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I think I would like to end here. But let me just see. Uh, excessive, uh, so excess of wine, that's drunkenness, debauchery, adultery. Verse 4. Let me just end on a verse 4. Wherein they think it's strange that you run not. They think it's wow. What? You are not doing it with us? They actually, they think it's very strange. Wow, you not practicing some things and going with the world in that direction they are going. They look at you and they think, that's strange. They think it's strange. Well, you don't like us? Why are you so countercultural? Why are you so antisocial? Why are you so antisocial? What was that? What's that? And they rather begin to slander you. Is there? Is there? Verse, verse, let me read from New King James. It says that, verse 4 says that, in regards to this, they think it's strange that you do not run. I will talk about that in the next session. Running with them in the same flood of dissipation. Speaking evil of you. They castigate you. Oh, leave them alone. Leave them. All these people are bigots. All these people are bigots. They are racist. They are negative people. That's why I don't like him. Look at him. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. Okay, they did that to Jesus. Stay firm. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, Follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.